Are you wondering how you can contribute to Funniest Thing? Don't flip out. Go to patreon.com forward slash funniest thing. Whoa! This one is called The Pants. Take eight. Welcome to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, the best looking guys on the radio. We all know the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly, like Mr. Magoo blindly stepping onto the next swinging girder and falling into an outrageous jackpot. Your hosts, Daryl and Ed, are about to administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Now, here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed. Welcome to The Funniest Thing. Yes. Where each week we share stories about how stepping out boldly always leads to better than expected outcomes. Ah, thank heaven. I'm Daryl. I'm Ed. And we are broadcasting live from Chobo Studios in beautiful downtown Van Nuys. Yes, a real tourist trap out oh, here in man. Los Angeles. Indy. Yeah, what's up? Open that mic up, man. You made yeah. a mistake again. It's not funniest thing with pistol and lead. It's Daryl oh, and Ed. Well, you guys come off so uh, impactful. Yeah. So, uh, Daryl's often been called a pistol. That guy's a real pistol. Wow, that's like from the 40s. Okay. I was just talking about how you'll slide in sayings from the 30s or 40s. <laughs> you know why? Because I've been, the books. I've been reading these books from the 30s and yeah, 40s. I love that. I so, love that. So I accidentally say the same vernacular. Yeah, yeah. If you're not on YouTube yet, funniest thing with Daryl and Ed, you can see what we're talking about on Indy's whiteboard. I just want to say today's show, which is called Scheme Less and Trust More with Carla McClellan. Is I was really inspired also by this book from 1975. Uh, I believe it's was that the original. Can you nod your head? 75, right? Okay. Uh, it's called Thoughts for a Friend by Foster McClellan, Carla McClellan's father. Um, he's one of the fathers of the show. Really, we've read from this book so much. So um, pick up your copy on Amazon. A lot of our friends have it. It's a great yeah. book where you could pick it up and get inspiration. And the reason we love it, I'm just going to let people see on camera, but we'll tell you if you're listening on the radio, on the podcast, right. they're little bite-sized, one-page, kick you right upstairs with a great little message. Mm -hmm. And that's what we love. I mean, you could turn to any page, whether you're feeling great or feeling blue, right. and you're definitely going to feel better. Yeah. And uh, today Today's show is called Scheme Less, Trust More with Carla McClellan. What God has in store for us is far better, far more beneficial than anything we could devise or even imagine on our own. Struggling to make things happen or trying to control events can feel exhausting like swimming upstream. However, when we choose to trust God as act that when we choose to trust that God is actively working on our behalf, we cooperate with existing energies. No longer doubting and scheming, we begin to swim with the current as we enthusiastically follow joyful hunches. On this episode, Daryl and Ed share the shortcut to success in any endeavor is to scheme less and trust more. And during the second segment, charismatic Reverend Carla McClellan, Coach Carla, if you will, encourages us. We need a coach on to get us going. 
Well, uh, she's on the show today. That's right. She encourages us to embrace the law of least effort with today's reading, the stream of life. Could also be called the law of resistance. Um, least resistance. Law of, yeah, thank you. Wait, what the law that? of resistance. The law of is non-resistance. The, yes, non-resistance. Again, least, non-resistance. So uh, the path of non-resistance, it really comes down to blessing, blessing, blessing. No matter what's in front of us, blessing, blessing, blessing. Um because a lot of the things we want to, we all want to really achieve our heart's desire. We want to express ourselves fully. We want to have the kind of relationships we want. And the the difference about the difference between the message that we share on the show, which is not unique to the show, it's often called New Thought, Practical Christianity, Metaphysics, is that when when we're reaching for our heart's desire or or Cooperate. It's really about cooperating with these desires so that they can manifest naturally. We believe that there is there is a divine mind. There is a a God. There's a power that it, in which these things are already really um, they're guaranteed if we if we cooperate with them. They're trying to come out. They're trying to come forward. Whereas a lot of other messages, even in like the self help movement, can be about um, struggling harder. Right, shoving your way, yeah. Right, even like claiming your own, and but but the spirit of it can still be about struggling and pushing and self will rather than cooperating with this power that already has my highest good in mind and will manifest in often the least expected ways. Like uh, always, always, yeah, always. Often it, it often it involves blessing someone that I feel scared and I feel tempted to curse them or. Um, doing something that uh, that uh, I might be afraid to do based on these old condition limiting beliefs, but the feeling of stepping out boldly, which is what the show is all about, why it's called Funniest Thing, applying these principles and doing the sort of right or inspired thing in spite of our fears and doubts, and then something amazing happens in the most unexpected way. That's why Dugan, Mike Dugan, Daryl's mentor, suggested we call the show Funniest Thing because that's what Daryl would. Dude, he'd call Mike Dugan and say, funniest thing, Mike, I did what you said, or I did what you recommended, or I practiced this, these principles, and this happened. Yeah, and magic. Happened. Yeah, and the magic happens. So, Well, doing more means actually, because it's, remember, we got three breaths, anything you want, you yeah. got it. Mm-hmm. But it, it really is like uh, you were saying that it's already here. Yes. I don't need to make it happen. Right. Like that's the right. big problem. I right. always thought I gotta make it happen. Right. Like I gotta punch my way through. Right. I gotta figure this out. Right. I gotta, you know, scheme. I was, you know, it's all worrying and scheming. It's like either I'm in fear about pursuing my goals, and you may not appear as fear because you think the worrying and the scheming is moving towards the goal. But the worrying and the scheming is actually keeping the right. dream to come in. Right. I, like I'm no longer inviting. I'm actually working against yeah. these divine laws. Let me just, on that note, let me read three sentences from Lundy that yeah. says exactly, because he's talking about the difference between begging and accepting. And when we're pushing and shoving, really, I, when I find myself doing that, it's because I have a knowing of what's coming, but then I have doubt and fear and worry. And rather than addressing the concern within my mind and getting into a place of belief, 
I'm fighting the fear, the projection that it's not going to happen. Yes. And so he says, so again, just as plainly, plainly as we can possibly put it, again, this is You Unlimited by Norman Lundy. So again, just as plainly as we can possibly put it, begging focuses our attention primarily on the awful situation from which we wish to be rescued or on the lack of what we want instead of on the actual happening with very slight attention actually on the rescue or the solution or the desire. In fact, if we believed it were coming, we wouldn't fear at all. We'd focus expectation on our desire, on being rescued, not on fear that it wouldn't come or that we wouldn't be. Yes. Yes. Oh, we got great examples, folks, for this show. And this is, I mean, that shift from fighting to really knowing it's coming and that we're cooperating, I mean, with a, a power that is bringing it to us and through us is what this whole, not just this show, but I feel like it's really what everything I'm learning from these things is really all about. Well, yeah, it's basically, you know, Jesus, that was one of his, you know, fear not, little flock. Like, yeah. stop. You're getting in your own way. You're yeah. stepping on the hose of your good. And it doesn't seem like fear, like what what we tend to think of the word fear when we're, you know, striving. Like, that's another thing. I got to strive less and believe more. Yeah. You know, so... Just yeah. to drive this point home, well, actually, the first thing, coincidentally, oh, you know, yeah. funniest thing. It's time for postcards from Kirky. So Kirk sent me this postcard, and uh, on the front, it's me hanging, I guess this, oh yeah, gallery, <laughs> gallery ceiling with, I'm up there hanging, for, and the people in the gallery are watching, and it says... Uh, recorded sound of bird song it's like making a fun of me as if i'm doing one of these god-awful performance art projects you know you also appear to be peeing on the crowd yeah i don't know if we could say that oh, on the air but anyway uh on the other side he always gives me some great medicine and this uh was just received be grateful that you are not artist laureate of culver city because I applied for that like yeah, a year ago. No, I remember. You probably would have hated it. God was looking out for you. He always is. Things are always working on the unseen plane, and everything we've ever gotten that's been worth it came out of left field, not some application. And what he means is when we're pursuing our heart's desire— yeah. You'll get these inspired ideas. And I bumped into Johnny Marfa, who was on our show, and he even calls it, you know, just uh you're just greasing the wheels. Meaning yeah. you just you're doing the little things on the physical plane yeah. that you that that are that keep you busy that and that you know seem necessary. You know, you're filling you're you're do you're redoing your resume like you did. And Dugan would trick me into that too. Well, it's time to redo your resume. But the whole thing about redoing your resume helped me realize, holy cow, I'm a lot more um, valuable than I realized. That's like true. that was the whole, it wasn't because now I got my resume, it's got to be done in a certain format because then that's what they look for. No, the doing of the resume 
should elevate your mood. Yeah. So, but you're you but you're also going. I'm doing some footwork. I'm working on my resume. So you're keeping this elevated mood. You're not closing the doors. But if but if my frame of mind towards my resume is more about the method instead of the purpose, and the purpose should be discovering my true value, right. not not the method in which it's got to be put together so it's the words corporate speak or whatever it is because then that just kills it so it's all about this fine line of doing footwork without the scheming and the and the pushing mm-hmm. um let yeah, me you just, make it fun make it more like a game and yes um, and well the key is this thing he helped me years ago, Mike. We're bringing up Mike Dugan a lot. Um, years ago, and I've used this with other thing. It's nothing new. It's in Emmett Fox. Emmett Fox says, uh, make God your partner. Yes. And if you have the book, Power Through Constructive Thinking, it's one of the last chapters. Mm-hmm. It's called God in Business. Okay. So it's, in a nutshell, if you're seeking a job or you have a talent, instead of trying to look around, how am I going to make this? Who do I need to see? Just reassure yourself that God is the exact person in your life that would you feel would bring that about, whatever that is, whatever that new job is or whatever that need is. So, for instance, at the time, I was the first time I bought properties, and uh, I go, okay, well... Uh, you know what? What do I do to find the thing? He goes, well, you put an ad in the in the back of the paper. This was years ago, before you know now, where it's all on the internet. And I said, okay, but how do I know? He goes, Daryl, you have the best real estate agent in the world. And you know what? That seems so much more delightful to imagine that. And what happened? The right people came. Right, I never had a real significant problem with anyone ever over decades. Right. Um, Another thing is with jobs, he would say, Daryl, remember you got the best headhunter who knows you, loves you and working on your behalf, arranging things for you. Mm -hmm. You just need to relax. Mm -hmm. And he would really help me slow down. Yes. You know, um, as far as, doing applications. He goes, no, no, no. You do not need to do like 30 applications online. He goes, no, no, no. Just do one or two a day. One or two a day. What am I going to do with the rest of my day? Enjoy yourself. God's giving you some time off. Right. Let God go to work for us. It, it, it's, it, it's, it seems so unreasonable. But when your mind can click into either you have faith in God or not, like it's it's either God yeah. is or God isn't, and you click it into these ideas, man, it really makes it really takes the worry and concern out of the equation. Yes, and I really start looking forward to how is this going to come about. Yes, and that leads to this this reading. Yes. And that's From, also faith, right? Joyous, yeah. Joyous expectation, expectation. Expectancy. That's what I saw a license plate frame the other day when I got off the freeway. It said, "Faith begin, fear ends when where faith begins. That is good. I was using that, that after you told me that. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Fear ends where faith begins. Yeah. So 
because I had uh, Lori had uh, something at the dentist and had to go to a specialist, mm-hmm. and I could see where my mind was teetering on concern. Right. And I can't even go there. So I would just go, no, fear ends where faith begins. So I just started yeah. getting into that knowing that, no, this is going to turn out better than expected. It's not going to, it's not going to be as bad as it appears. Right. And sure enough, she went to the specialist and it was all my concerns. If I continue to concern, we've just made things worse for her emotionally and me emotionally. But believing this way, funniest thing, she ended up with the best specialist, so kind, thorough, Yeah, went through everything, showed her things. Like, it was unheard of. Right. Incredible. So, so here we go. This is from October 14th, which just happens to be today that we're recording. It's from a book called A New Day. And it's 365 Meditations for Personal and Spiritual Growth. You could find this online, too. Okay. Seize from every moment its unique novelty and do not prepare your joys. That's from Andre Gide. Special moments come our way when we least expect them. In fact, many of our most joyful experiences and exciting opportunities come as real surprises. We know intellectually that this is what often happens in life, yet despite our knowledge, some of us still try to manage and control the outcome of every event. And that's key because I was going back because we're doing the show. I was going back over my life where all these great things came out of left field. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the problem is once I get a little taste, like the miracle, like someone interested in something or someone's interested in like, for instance, renting a place or buying artwork or wanting to refer me to do a workshop somewhere. Right. I get excited, but then I go, Oh, well, it's not nailed down 100%. I got to get in here. Right. No, you got to get out, stay out. So here we go. We have pre- preconceived ideas about what we think needs to happen, and that's the way we approach most activities. The problem is we're so busy looking for, hoping for, and trying to influence future results that we miss out on the uniqueness of the present moment and the possibility of surprise. And that's the thing. When I'm focused on, I got to figure out how to make this happen, you know, do searching online. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm actually resisting and preventing. I'm closing the doors on myself to where the good can't get in. Yeah. I'm cut off. Can't get in or out. Let's say, we, and it gives an example here. Let's say we've invited some friends to a party. Instead of relaxing and enjoying their company, as well as the fruits of our preparation, we worry and fret like mother hens over trivial details. Needless to say, this type of involvement can turn a potentially positive experience into a real chore. The next time we find ourselves getting caught up in management and control procedures, Let's step back and allow things to happen the way they're supposed to. Allow each moment to unfold its own, and I would say always, not just sometimes, surprising mm-hmm. way. Yes. Yeah, when you were talking, I was thinking about how I've been using this technique where, because what I'm afraid, I feel like my, I'm trying to stop time. I know I'm afraid of moving forward. Everything gets like bunched up in my head. There's too, it feels like there's too much to do. And I've been just imagining myself like turning this um, 
opening the faucet of time to let it flow, let my day flow, let everything keep moving and try because that flow is like God carrying me toward my good. But it, I have to let go of the fear in order to flow with it, yes. right? Like so when I'm so because fear just keeps trying to stop time until that thing goes away. I can't relax until that thing changes. Whereas when we realize that we're divinely supported, one, it becomes more of an exciting adventture. And the day, no matter what it looks like, there's this sense of how is this going to turn out in my favor? You know, like when, you, yeah. when we really practice this principle that God is ever increasing good. And then it's letting go of all this small-minded thinking and misidentifications from my past in the process. And I, this is, goes along with this begging thing. Uh, Alan Cohen in this book called Look, Looking In for Number One says, Every day you must decide if you're a beggar or a chooser, for you will act and create results according to the identity you assume. If you, like, you know, like with Dugan, how te we're teaching you and helping teach us through you now is that we don't have to beg for the per because that our prayer. This is one other thing: fear will turn our prayers into begging, instead of thanking, instead of praising, instead of appreciating, instead of connecting with all the ways in the past God has come through, which then bolsters yeah. our sense of freedom, uh, joyful expectation, our 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 energy, our mood lifts, our health improves, our yeah. relationships. While that other thing is working itself out, it'd be like if a gardener planted seeds and was like, I'm going to hide in my house and look through the blinds until they grow. You know, like they would never, they would never Or live. I'm going to keep digging and seeing if they're changing right. at all. Yeah, like every three weeks they, cl they crawl out and they like dig them up. Dig them up and look, oh, nothing's happening. Yeah. But meanwhile, that's defeating the purpose. Right. So Al Cohen says, if you believe you must grovel, plead, or struggle to manifest your dreams, the road to success can seem overwhelming, even frightening. But if you realize that every decision before you is an invitation to remember who you are and what you want, the process of choosing becomes exciting and the courage to claim your dreams follows naturally and easily. Two people I've talked to in the last day have been talking about moving on from their jobs and you know, like and one of them was just tiny it's like in Eastern medicine how everything and actually in, in Western medicine probably as well, but in more widely spoken about in Eastern medicine that and we've talked about on the show that it's about flowing energy. When energy gets stagnant and stuck, that's when like these unhealthy conditions, you know, you know start to um, develop. Right? Fear is a pathogen. Yeah, but so <laughs> so even if we don't know what what to do, just by opening ourselves up to new possibilities that something can change, our energy starts yeah. to flow. Yes, new ideas start to come. We start inspiring the people around us. I mean, I had to bless. Uh, um, someone that I've been working with and something else happened at work. I'm not going to go too specific in this case. Um, but I did. I blessed, blessed, blessed. It brought up fears about myself and I just blessed, blessed, blessed. I got I kept checking in. I got to let go of those negative stories I'm telling. I had a meeting that I had to plan related to this. And I realized all of this, part of what this was bringing to my attention, this relationship and what was going on was that in the past when these meetings would come up, I just had a, a narrative of I'm failing. I might get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? I might lose. You, you know, you've heard me. And so I really had to double down. No, like uh, actually dummy down, like really relax and just start imagining being will is so weird. If after all this teaching, you think I would be willing in every area to apply it. But I had there's this room that was like scary to me to just say this could go well. It's going to go well. I'm good at this. You know, all yeah. of these things. 
And you know what was I realized? I did that for a couple of days. And what really changed was on the way to work, a voice came from within me that was like, I am done going in there and wondering if I'm going to get in trouble. I'm like, it was yeah. like a whole new level of confidence came through before I got to the meeting, not at the last second when I was barely hanging on. On the way there, that came through. And I was just realizing, like, I think you mentioned it, something, or someone mentioned it recently about, like, when we're praying, really, we're becoming the person who can handle this situation. We're becoming, you know what I'm saying? We're all, I'm also in the process of becoming the person who can express this, who can experience this. You know what I did? I decide, this, I wrote it down. I think I told you about it. I think it. you did, Is yeah. it, I am deciding to be the great man I am. Yeah. Not... The struggling person, yeah, I think I am. Right, that's right. There's uh, two things, two amazing. Well, we got a few things, but one thing in particular happened this week. Mm -hmm. um, Ed, Ed and I joined a call with a couple of guys. I think we mentioned it last week that I went to. I've known since yeah. I grew as a child. The U Unlimited crew. Yeah, we've been reading the U Unlimited, and uh, one of them at the end of the group, and he's not—he's a new friend of ours. He's yeah, not yeah. like one of my old friends. So I just met this guy, and at the very end of the call, mm -hmm. he asked, and he got—you know—it was almost like the real him came out. Oh yeah, it was amazing. And he asked if we would join in, in prayer, you know, on our own. Um, because his daughter was in Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. and she's professional a soccer professional player. soccer player, and there's there was no flights leaving. There's a lot of, I mean, I don't know when you're listening to this, but at this time, yeah. there was a lot of chaos and um, fighting in uh, in Israel. Mm -hmm. So it was very scary for him. She's American, and you know, uh, so it was. Uh, he was choked up. So. I was like, sure. I asked her name. We wrote down, wrote down her name so I know her name when I think of her in my morning routine. And uh, later that day at night, I started thinking about the nuns that we know. Right. And Sister Marie James, who is like the most jovial, loving, right? Open-minded. Yeah. yeah, she's awesome. None you could ever meet, and she's the mother superior, whatever that means. But it sounds right. impressive, doesn't it, folks? The head honcho. So she is at the poncho. at the convent. So I have her number. So I texted her. I said, "Hey, can you can you uh, would you guys mind joining in prayer?" And I shared the girl's name and this and that. And one miracle after another. Number one, she goes, "Ah, oh, yes, absolutely, we will." And then she goes, "By the way." Did you know that her and the other uh, Nance, sister Nancy Musselman, we call her, yeah. the rock, who loves to give interpretations of rock music yes. and how it's really all spiritual? Right. So the two of them were big time soccer players. They looked her up online. My friend's daughter. Yeah. They all got into it. Yeah. So I said to him on there, and I didn't feel. Normally in the past, you know, you make these divine promises and it's almost like, oh, is that allowed? You know, to say good yeah, things yeah, are right, going to right, happen. Right, right, right. So I sent, I told him all the information in the text thread. He was blown away. And I said, you know what? I am so excited because next time she, his daughter's in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to introduce, I'm going to bring her to meet the nuns that I've been praying for. Right. He goes, oh, that would be awesome. Three days later, 
She's out of Israel. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's remarkable. Just like Jesus from (laughs) in three days. Right. It was crazy, folks. Amazing. Amazing. And it was such a, uh, yeah, it was so cool. I mean, that's one of the things I've learned from Daryl and uh, through all, I mean, Daryl in particular and and the teachers that taught Daryl about stepping out boldly and not being afraid to look stupid or foolish for saying optimistic things and thinking that might be somehow mis- mistaken. Right? Yes. To put light into a situation. And one of the other uh, thing I think I learned from you that I say I use a lot is um, I can't wait to hear the good news. Yes. Like I'll tell them I'm praying. I can't wait to yes. hear that simple thing That's for me. A, yes. always feels very good. Um, we want to get to the break so we can bring in coach yep. Carla, Reverend Carla McClellan. Um, let's thank Indy real quick. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Great episode. Love hey. you Jeff Comfort out in Kansas City, Kansas, who we're going to get to see in a, in a few weeks when we're out at the Fillmore Bible Society gathering. Metaphysical Bible. Metaphysical Bible. Yeah, so we're that is November. We're getting there the second, but it's the third, third fourth, and fifth. Third, yeah, third, fourth, and fifth. Unity Village. If you're in Lee Summit, drop by. If you go to, if you go to, in the links for the show, we'll put the information. If you want to see, you'll see the um, two headshots that stand out as... <laughs> That'll be terrible. Well, because Ed. it was great. They didn't ask for headshots, so they just pulled two funny photos of us offline from somewhere. somewhere and I'm like, yeah. all right, let it ride. Yeah, my wife was like, you got to leave those in there. Um, and so. Stephen Tom Thorpe is going to be there doing the music. Yeah. You're already a member of the Funniest Thing Club. We'll read that next time. You know who you are. You're listening to this stuff. You're practicing this stuff. You're a light in, a, uh, in the world and a present, a, a loving presence to others. So thank you very much. We're blessing all the contributions that are coming in through Patreon. Yes, thank you. It's amazing to feel the show growing in that way. And that is blessing Chobo and is blessing everyone who yeah. listens and watches. And Well, because you're really supporting us to continue to share this information freely. And, yeah. we all, you know, that's that's our whole right. uh, thing here. We do this as an avocation. That's right. And we're going to continue to do it. And Dude. we've done it, you know, before your support. But boy, yeah. it makes it a lot easier yeah. to do it as a team with you supporting us. So thank you very much. Right, right. Uh, if you want to send us anything, funniest thing, P.O. Box 1312, Culver City, California, 90232. Rhonda Barnes shared a great prayer this week. Divine Potter, I'm your clay awaiting your loving touch. Mold me, refine my edges, and unveil my truest self. As pliable clay transforms under skilled hands, under your guidance, I rise to greater consciousness. With gratitude, I embrace each day, deeply rooted in your purpose and faith. And that takes us to our three breaths. Yes. And we thank Jeff Comfort. Yes, we we think. Did we? Yeah, but we didn't do our song. Because each week. He takes us right into the comfort zone. We gotta get Indy to put in the jet sound if it's possible. Oh, for the YouTube fans. Rod requested it. So did Billy Crosby. Billy Crosby, that's who requested it. Yes. Um, so we got three breaths. Okay, and these these come from. How would you describe this fella? I just imagine El- Elvis's uh, pompadour got wet in the rain. <laughs> Looks like kind and- of like Tweety Bird. If you had Tweety Bird had a rock and roll cousin that came on. And black Stevie Wonder sunglasses, yeah. but he's not blind. Yeah. And, and you got the guy responsible for these three breaths. And you know what he would say? That's Roy Orbison, and he loves this. This is very affirmative. 
anything at all, you got it. Baby. Ah. Anything at all, you got it. Baby. Anything at all, you got it. You know, I think it was actually, I think Jesus was sitting on a rock and, you know, Peter was like, are you sure? And he just kept singing that yeah, over, he kept and over, again. That over again. Thomas is like, I don't know. And he says, just, anything at all. But can I really have this? <laughs> and he would just keep repeating, anything at all, you got it. Yeah, but are you sure? Baby. <laughs> Coming up next, the charismatic Reverend Carla McClellan encourages us to embrace the law of least effort with today's reading, The Stream of Life. Thank you for listening to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed, live from Dobo Studio. We now return to The Funniest Thing. Here are your hosts, Daryl and Ed, the best-looking guys on the radio. Yes, you're back. You made it to the second segment, and so did we, and we're glad you're here. Today's episode is Scheme Less, Trust More with Carla McClellan. Ed's got something for us. It's right here. That's not the mug we're talking about. It's a great-looking mug. It is a great mug. We, you got your Chobo mug. I, was, I thought we were going to raise a glass oh, to I Reverend Nancy Norman, uh, who gave us these mugs when she was on vacation. She picked them up for us. I just finished my coffee and yeah. washed my mug during I the break. That, I was like, what happened? So, but we do have beautiful Chobo mugs as well. But uh, thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Rod Schweitzer, for filling our cup, overflowing with cold brew. Today's uh, nitro cold brew from Stumptown. Cheers. I'm like, I, it's like I feel like I'm living during the Prohibition era when the when he pulls up the bootlegger shows up at my house with these bags of cold brew yeah. bottles. Like, yeah, th- that it looks like the guys made it in their tub. Right, and it's one of those things. <laughs> it's crazy. We, we've talked about sponsors and stuff for years, and I always said cold brew was the thing, and now we have someone bringing us cold. And brew. he says, he goes, "This is my way of contributing to the show. I'm so happy I could do it." And he sure does. Um, I want to read a paragraph from Mary Catherine McDougall's book, Prosperity Now. I highly recommend it if you don't, don't have it. But first, I want to say hello to Reverend Carla. How are you? Wonderful. So grateful to be here with you guys. Yeah, dude, we are so excited to talk to you. Let me just read this paragraph because it goes with what we were just saying. She says on page 156, the unfolding of a right now consciousness ensures continuous prosperity for it is always now. There's no tomorrow to anticipate or work for. There's only now to make use of and enjoy. Yeah. When we achieve this now consciousness, we leave behind us all limiting ideas of time. 
Most of us have consciously or unconsciously accepted the belief that prosperity comes only after long years of training, experience, work, and waiting. Often we're told when we were young that it will take us years to become successful and prosperous. Prosperity is held out as a reward to be gained late in life, a reward for sacrifice, hard work, and waiting. But this is not true. Now is the time for us to accept the idea of God's riches always available to us when we need them. All right. I had to get that out of the way. I felt like it was so perfect for what we spoke about. Coach Carla, what's on your mind at the moment? After hearing the first segment, where are you? Oh, my. You know, everything's in divine order. When you called and asked if I do this, my answer is always going to be yes. I love how you guys are making what we've been talking about for a long time so useful, so practical, and so easy. We don't have to struggle. Yeah, we have to face some pain in our life and face some hard times, but struggle is optional, and it's optional if we stand on spiritual principles. So right now, guys, I am in Naples, Florida. Wow. Um, uh, so my my purpose the last three or four years has been I think it's been longer than that, but to be a transitional specialist, which means I go into communities that are going through a big transition and um, not that I change or control or (laughs) tell them I've got all the right answers, but I know that within them, they have the right answers and they just need a presence, Mm. a non-anxious presence to allow them to Mm. move through the steps. And so this talking about the path of least resistance uh, is right up my alley for what I'm, I'm, I'm working with the church now. So, um, I was just thrilled to be a part of of the show and to share this idea of the stream of life. Do you want me to read the stream of life? Yes, that would be wonderful. Okay, so every word we speak, every thought we think is played back to us on the screen of our life. This is why it's so important that we get ourselves in harmony with this stream of life. You know, when we let ourselves flow with the stream of life, miracles happen. How do we do this? We become non-resistant to life. We don't let minor irritations determine how we react or determine what kind of day we have. We don't let problems become our master. We act from the knowledge that the power within us is greater than the situation we encounter. In this manner, we open the floodgates to the stream of good that flows into our life and flows out to our neighbors. And on this, I rest my, <laughs> my beliefs. Yeah. You know, that when we open to that stream of life, when we accept what is right before us, when we just accept it, open our heart and become willing to access the courage that is in our heart when we know there's one presence and one power, and that's the presence and power that creates the life we want to live and is creating that life right now here in this moment. So we model God's attributes as we begin to let our vision pull us forward. We are the children of a most abundant, opulent, loving force field Mm. um, that 
that I choose to call God. God to me is an energy form. It's a form I can use day to day, every day I choose to accept what good is coming to me. And in order to do that, I have to be aware of what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, what I'm projecting out into the world and and get in harmony with myself uh, before. So I be that presence I want to be before I walk out my door in the morning. And so that involves some uh, like I, I just feel a part of you guys with all your books. I wish you could be <laughs> with me in my apartment. I've got all these books around me. <laughs> I'm working right now with Gary Simmons, The Eye of the Storm. Are you familiar with that no. book? Oh, guys, this is a great book. How to Embrace Conflict and Create Peace. Well, that's the world we're living in now. And um, it's very difficult to go into situations where people don't want to acknowledge the pain that they're suffering, that they don't want to see that there's anything wrong, that they just want to affirm the positive. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, God's going to fix it for them. God works through us. We are the conduit. And I love to say to congregations, you know, God so loved the world. You were brought here. You were brought here to the now moment. And so together, what kind of a new, uh, vision can we hold for this community because we're not going to go backwards and we don't have to make it so hard to go forwards if we quit trying to compete with one another if we quit trying to be i'm the one with all the right answers i i I don't come in with that but i know the right answers are right in this field of willingness to listen to that voice of wisdom within all of us. And we don't know where parts of the wisdom are going to come from. Could be it comes from that person who pushes all your buttons and makes you say, I can't believe this. (laughs) That's blocking us moving forward. Well, no, it's for you, Reverend Carla. It's for you. Right. Nobody can stop what it is that God is using you for, unless you give them the power to. Who are you going to give your power to? Who, You know, that old Indian saying, which wolf are you going to feed? Um, are, are you going to feed the one that's angry and wants its own way and knows it's right and thinks, you know, everything is needs to be held onto? You know, it, it's amazing what some people are able to do to create a good result with very little financial background. Yeah. That really can put these principles that the, the people around the world that we give tools to, to help them move forward, don't have a lot of resources. We in this country have amazing resources and we have a, amazing spiritual principles that always work and work for everybody. I will draw breath now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, your excitement is infectious. Glad you asked me questions. Well, you know, this your is, you is said infectious. so many great things. And one thing you said 
at the very beginning stood out to me to be the non-anxious presence. Yes. And, and I need to be, you know, not only like this whole thing when Lori got the news about her teeth and it sounded really serious and it could have been a number of different things, none of which are positive. And anytime my mind started to drift towards concern, worry, or trying to figure out what could have caused it, I had to keep, no, I, without even putting your words to it, my brain from living this way, I said, no, I got to be the non-anxious presence. I have to keep looking to the light, feeling that way, letting her talk about her concerns and gently uh, reassure her. Mm. But knowing for myself the highest possible outcome mm -hmm. is possible. And man, it makes a difference. When I go the other way, it makes a difference too, but it's a terrible difference. But what you made me realize was in these times, I can be the non-anxious party to myself by reminding, yeah, by reminding myself, no, God is on the bridge and this is going to work out better than expected. And once my mind starts clicking in, I feel great. Um, but I want to say this because you said something fantastic too. The other thing was, and no one likes this word, but you were basically sharing the discipline, the discipline, the discipline of watching how I'm thinking, watching how I'm reacting, watching how I'm feeling, because that's the only way I was able to shift in that situation <laughs> with my wife. You know, it's crazy. I read this paragraph this About morning this. at my house. Isn't it crazy? Because she said, Carla, you said it. I'm like going, this is perfect. First just, of I all. I just found the book finally and opened it up, and that's exactly what I read. Well, I'm going to read it now. Isn't that crazy? So this is from Norman Lundy, Carla. It's called You Unlimited. And his actually, his wife is still a minister down in Florida somewhere. Yeah, we're looking for you. Yeah, she's, okay. she's still alive and we going. We want to get her on the show. So um, he says, the, the chapter heading is, sorry, discipline is necessary. Yes. But, but, he re but listen how he writes it. It's so true. He wrote, we must learn to live in a disciplined way in every thought and action of our lives. Now, if this sounds a little formidable, it actually only means staying on the path. Visualize it this way. The sheep must travel a very narrow path over a rocky ravine. The shepherd disciplines him gently with his rod, a nudge here, a push there, to mm. keep him on the path. And that's what this is all about. I also thought, because it talks how, you know, the mistaken beliefs of, of the word discipline, and I used to think it meant surrounding myself getting myself in a situation like joining the service at the time where there'll be enforcement from outside of me so then I'll behave properly and my life wouldn't be such a mess. Of course, that never works because discipline comes from within and someone shared with me, it really comes from the root word disciple and it simply means staying on the loving path or following the loving leader. Yes, it's servant leadership. It's 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 saying I am willing no matter what even though I'm afraid, even though I've got this chattering monkey mind going mm -hmm. on in my head. Mm -hmm. I am 
I am willing to keep my heart open to not be defensive. Yeah. And to be that non-anxious presence, which means to deeply listen to what the people around me are saying. I don't have to collude with the the problem, but I but I am there to be a um a light bearer to bring light into the darkness to say, I don't have your answers, but I know you do. And I'm going to stand with you here in the dark as we figure out where the light switch is for the next step for us to take yeah. because we're in it to win it together. Right. Right. That reminds me of the course of miracles talks about like, I, they tell, they call it the ego. I would call it the ego that believes when our ego, when we get so identified with our ego that we forget that we're, connected to yeah. god in that moment um but they're talking about how like when it's when that type of egoic like fear-based anxious spinning is happening that there's no longer looking for solutions they don't believe a solution even exists now it's just more blame and yeah of that type of thing and that's what i, I was working with a, a young person and the whole team was just stuck in who's blaming who for and i just came in like, like by practicing this stuff letting the christ within me shine i saw the solution and while all that stuff was going on, I just kept doing my best to be the non-anxious presence and kept listening. And now I realized the whole thing is I, I just, we just need, I just need a happier, I just want to see a happier version of this person Yes, that we're working with. Yes. That's yeah. going to change the behavior. That's going to change the struggle. That's going to change this. And now it's happening. And it's amazing because I, the, the main thing was to stay out of the the blame and all of that and just stay in the solution, which is always way more obvious. And and I had an experience yesterday, very simply, because you talked about preparing to listen and be receptive and not have to have the answer, but know that it's there and it will come forward, which is really, really, really a lot about what living this way is about, is this receptivity to the present moment. This is where I think it crosses. I don't know anything about Zen, but I think it crosses over into that Zen present, like something about being in the moment, just fully present. And because so I, one of my, my, my co-teacher is I had the COVID, she was out suddenly like, you know, we're already running like, it's me and her and another teacher. And we have 25 assistants that we manage, like on top of running groups to teach young people reading and math and this and that. And, and it's just, Everything is just about being very present. The whole thing is changing all the time. What I have to do, what I thought I was going to do. One of, if I show up with that, I'm fine. If I show up with the attitude of receptivity that God is working through all this. So yesterday, I have this cool schedule now. Like I get this block. All the teaching is done in like this block. And then I'm done. The end of the day, I can eat and then I can take care of other things. I got to the end of that. And because I'm running all of the aid situation, because my friend's out, um, because of a substitute that was in, two people didn't get their lunch, which is like an hour of time. And I'm like, I, I don't want to leave them hanging because they've been working yeah. all day. And I was like really hungry. And I was like, so first one, just I just blessed it. Because I had practiced this, I did the morning routine. I was, you know, I... I, I decided which wolf I was going to feed, and it wasn't always easy. I feel tempted still to throw the angry wolf a bone, you know, um, but I kept <laughs> doing my best. I even had to just tell myself, no, I have faith the size of a mustard seed. That's what Jesus said is all I need. I'm, I'm all right. It's going to work. 
First thing happened, the first guy that needed a break came right into the room to work with the sub, another substitute teacher in a small group. So I said, why don't you take your lunch now while your student is with this yes. other teacher? Perfect. So he's taken care of. And then I was just like walking over to where the other, and, I, and the voice that we're talking about listening to, that inner, that still small voice said, there's no way you can do this right now. You don't have anything left. And I said, I hear you. But I'm going to just one step at a time and just be present, not like, oh, I got to do this, not make it worse. I see the student. I excuse the staff. And I'm just like, all right, I'm here. Let's see what happens. And right then, my friend Mr. Nathaniel walks by. And I go, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to work with these kids. I said, how high of a priority is that? And he said, there's Miss Sarah's there. She's amazing. And I said, all right, will you please work with this student for the next 30 minutes? And uh, off I went to eat my lunch, and I didn't have to, like, cover this extra hour. And, and the voice told me, like, you're not, you don't have it in you to do it, but the solution was provided. But if I had been groveling and looking down, I wouldn't have even seen Mr. Nathaniel right. walk by. You know what I'm saying? I would have not seen the answer right. at all. It's, it's because rather than trying to, you know, fix the problem, yeah, we're ready to see the problem from from a higher perspective right. and being open and willing to observe then you see somebody come through but i had an experience not too long ago where um where i flubbed up uh -huh. <laughs> i wasn't that non-anxious presence and i got triggered um and so we all have those times is it it is my intention always and I can't do it always, but it is my intention to be that non-anxious presence in conflict. But if you're hungry, if you're tired, right. <laughs> down, <laughs> then then you are your your immune system is a little lower. Yeah. To the, to the stress. 100%. And as the stress increases, it requires more emotional intelligence from us to be able to be that non-anxious presence. So it, it's it's along the line of what attribute am, of God, what I call God, am I willing to, um, to model at this particular yeah. time for an extraordinary result, not for an ordinary result where we all fight and go back into our corners right. and we don't get anywhere. But I also had to stop beating myself up because, you know, yep. um, uh, you failed, Carla. Look at that. You just absolutely failed. <laughs> you know? My whole life is I'm I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. You know, all these people who say nice things about me don't really mean it. Yeah, you know? I've been there. I do that often, too. It's the worst headspace, isn't it? <laughs> and my husband looked at me and he said, I can't believe you're saying these things. <laughs> I said, you know, it's I'm dumping my brain so I can remember who I truly right. am. Yes. I'm coughing it up. It isn't my truth. I know it isn't. I just have to cough it up. Yes. Oh, dude, on the way here, that almost happened to me because I was I went surfing. I had a great time with that. And then for some reason, I talked to my wife. I mean, I know why I talked to my wife. But for some reason, family came up, and Daryl and I sometimes call that a four. You're not word. allowed to use the <laughs> F word on this show, Carla. <laughs> Um, <laughs> family's the f word on our show it can be a loaded word Not really, sure. you know it can be so for some reason it came up and something but it was it was some 
I can't even, I don't even, whatever it was, it's like I started feeling myself like, just kind of feeling snippy for my wife, even though I was like, no, I'm not being, you know, like, right. I could feel it. And it wasn't like exact, but, but it put me, it's like, how am I going to go do a show on, you know, like this, yes. I had to really yeah. dummy down and go laugh about it and just, yeah, that, that, that's what, that's what happened. That's why laughter is the best. Yeah. Medicine. Yeah. Because when we're laughing, we're not worrying. Yeah. When we're laughing, we're not trying to manipulate a situation or push through our agenda. When we're laughing, we can see that we're all one in this chaotic adventure we call life. Right. But we have principles that we can use to move forward. And and the heart, the heart always will tell us the truth. Yeah. But the head can get really loud. And then we've got a center of intelligence in the gut that's our intuition. So we have lots of of tools. And somebody the other day doing the announcement at church says, well, one thing unity is, unity isn't about rules. It's about tools, spiritual tools. That's a good one. Yeah. Isn't that good? Yeah. yeah. And so we decided to kind of use that as part of our theme for 2024. You know, tools, not rules. I love that. Wow. And and I just, I'm so grateful to be with this group of people who really have creativity and have just been through um, a lot of transitions rapidly. And so how do we get back on course? Um, and to me, that's practicing the principles. Spiritual principles are the path laid out for us to experience the life of freedom of unnecessary suffering. Yeah, yeah. right. We don't have to suffer unnecessarily. So there is a way. It doesn't mean that we don't have to put effort towards and focus towards that which we long to express, intentions, but we don't have to struggle. You know, right. it's one foot in front of the other, which you, you know, just right. said, it's just step by step. One Sunday, I, I mentioned an experience I'd had with my husband that morning where he was chatting away to me and I'm trying to get ready for my talk. And when I'm doing that, I'm so in a different world. Right, right. <laughs> and so Cranky Carla showed up. Mm. <laughs> and Cranky Carla isn't the best version of me, but <laughs> Cranky Carla has the boundaries, you know? <laughs> and so I shared that with um, with the congregation. Um, and then it was interesting to me to see how that was used against me. <laughs> oh, this is Cranky Carla. Well, I'm not sure that it's Cranky Carla. <laughs> <laughs> Let's tell me more. Tell me more. What are you perceiving? Because whatever we perceive about another person is a misperception. We don't truly know. Right. That's right. We, you know, we, we project. Yes. We're mirrors for each other. Yes. And what we don't like about somebody else has a root in what we don't like about something about ourselves. And what we love about somebody else is maybe an attribute we long to express, but we're just not expressing yet. So so we get mirrors all day long. Mm-hmm. So just say yes to the whole mess. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a Okay, I'm not gonna resist anything. Right. I'm gonna be courageously wide open. And that open. Well, you you guys speaking on the show, like me as a minister, we have to walk our talk. 
Yep. Yep. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I know I don't do it perfectly every day. I do know that's my intention to do it to the best of my ability. But I've also learned that, that I can take care of Carla because I was one of those who, um, thought my worth was in what I could do for others. Right. Um, in order to be loved, I had to be in service. And so I kind of beat myself up with spiritual principles. Oh, yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Which seemed like a waste of time. But the miracles are in this moment. The only creative moment we have is right here, right now. The three of us are creating our future with every word we speak, and with our emotions and with our joy of being together and talking about the possibilities of things being different. Because I don't know how to end war, but I do know how to demonstrate peace in a conflictive situation. Right. Sometimes better than others. Yes. <laughs> right. You know, I would share that one of the tools I've been using with the laughter yoga that I got off of this video and it's a great little button I can oh, use. Wait. Next, the week after next, Siri Gopal, Siri Gopal, who's a laughing yogi, is going to be on our show. Perfect. That's great. But there's great. one exercise that they do, which uh, I feel it's something about like the little child or something. But he goes, "Very good, very, very good, good. yay!" <laughs> so like when I do something that's so like to me that I might judge myself for if I if I can find it just go very good very good yay, yay! start laughing that that can change everything another tool that goes along with what you're saying that I've been using is I have to I notice when I'm stressed in my mind I have this whole movie going and it has Daryl in it a principal a, dis, a superintendent anyone and I have to remind myself, and I got, I think I, I heard, heard it from Abraham Hicks or something recently, but it's just, just be Ed, man. Just stop being all those other people. Yeah. Just be Ed. And then it makes me think, well, what does Ed even want? What is it? You know, like, what's yeah. It? And then it's like a process of um, getting back in tune. And it simplifies yeah. everything. Because it's the only thing I can actually do anything about. So when I go into my job... Because it can be just like an escape from, do I have maybe this fear comes up about the thing I'm I'm actually gonna do, so instead of addressing that, I start judging everyone else and, and, and getting into this blame fest. Yeah. Instead of acknowledging, I'm just like a part of me is like a scared little kid that has to write a paper, and is a, we've and all is got that me. scared little yep. kid inside of us. Right. Wait, what, what are and, you guys looking at? You and Indy seem to be... Pumped. I keep seeing a creature go flying across here. I do, too. Was that, was that, was that Toby? <laughs> Let me see. Oh, I don't know, Toby. Where is it? Oh, I think he, he shows up every 10 minutes. I oh, think, okay. I think, I think. Okay, I was trying to figure it out. Sorry. I know, I was like, What's going <laughs> on well, back we here? have to remember yeah. when the scared little kid, we have to, to accept the scared little kid inside of us because there can be no healing no transformation right. until we say oh i'm scared oh yeah. okay well what's that about just be curious about what the the fear is right. see if we can figure out the need we have and then give our square square little kid our scared little kid whatever it needs in order to be that calm non-anxious presence right so it, it does require some emotional intelligence too yeah. um uh but no one person 
embodies all of it. Right. There are people that come close, but that's that's our game plan. To me, you know, I shared with you in the last show that that my daughter died at 27. Mm. And when she died, I didn't know I didn't know how to be anymore. I lost my identity. So my dad whispered in my ear, he was gone, but he whispered in my ear, prove the principles work, Carla. Yeah. Or else quit talking about them. Right. I love that. You know, Emmett Fox calls it demonstrate or die. Yes. <laughs> right? Demonstrate or die. Yeah. And it's either yeah. it's either I'm gonna I'm gonna uh I can have my uh indignation or my demonstration. I cannot have both. Yeah. Yeah. A, a I love that. A lot of times the voice that I need to hear when the child because we all are. We we're still that kid. I'm still the same person. Just yes. Because my body and everything. I know. Me too. And so if I think fear is such a big deal that I avoid it at all costs, that's wild. You know, that's the little. That's like the little fear now is. So I have to be the parent, the father to my, like for me, yes. like a loving father myself. The, and it's real simple. My solution is to say to myself, there is a solution. Yeah. Like I need yeah. to say there is a solution. And that begins the process. And then I wanted to say, too, because I heard Coach Carla, Reverend Carla, say this about, like, no one does it perfect, blah, blah, blah. But falling off the beam is perfect because we're human beings. And I just thought about that this week because I was going through something. It was challenging me. But I go, you know what? This is going to be great for the show because this is going to be me demonstrating something in my life that I could then talk about. Yes, that's what I do too, yeah. Yeah, and I was just thinking anyone who is close to living this stuff all the time will be probably the first to acknowledge that they don't live it all the time. Like, Well, that's the real master. You're called a master, not because you're now just magically floating and flying everywhere. You're a master because you're a master over... Getting myself, okay, stumbled off. Now I'm back on the beam. Stumble off this side. That's the spiritual path is getting ourselves back on the path. Yeah. It's stumbling off. That is the spiritual path. But when I'm in it, I go, oh, what do I, what's the use of anything? I can't believe I'm a fraud. Why do I even talk about this stuff? I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I go, no, this is me correcting. It's always course correcting. That's yeah. being on the spiritual path. Yeah, the Taoism uses a lot of these like parable types of things of the guy who's the master. He looks just like a common guy, but he falls off a cliff. He's like chuckling all the way down, yeah. lands on his feet at the bottom, dusts himself off, and just keeps going and got where he wanted to go faster. That's like Mr. Magoo. Thing, yeah. you know? And so like that's I like that. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, so it's, a, it's a spiritual principles that free us from the chaos of living mm-hmm. in the now. Not that we pull out of being fully present in the now moment, because that's the only creative moment we have. Yes. But but we have to be a- awake and aware of our emotional state and aware of the emotional state of uh, the people around us and to be aware of the circumstance of where we are and not make what could i do to lighten it up yeah i can laugh i can tell a joke i can act silly yeah, <laughs> no, right. i can self-reveal i can be vulnerable you know yes <laughs> all sorts of things that will shift that stuck energy of conflict yeah 
That's right. Because a lot of times in these situations, without knowing it, the whole group is like, oh, it's not okay for me to laugh right now. Oh, but they're not laughing. Oh, they make up that horrible story. I know it. It's like, oh, this is an occasion. I have to remain solemn. Everyone else, I can't say that there's a possibility that, you know, my friend's daughter is going to be magically back here under these circumstances. That's not right. right. No, that is right. Right. That is right. That's saying there is a solution. There is a solution. Mm-hmm. And and being silly um, is is a solution to break um, a structured pattern of thought. Yes, yes, to break out of the spell, the hypnosis yeah. of this awful, fearful consciousness. It's like it's like snapping us out of a hypnotic. Yes. And you're like, because as soon as I'm out of it, I, I'll even say. I can't believe I was so freaked out about that. What it really proves it's temporary and it's just a hypnotic state yeah. of the mass consciousness. And we can't hold on to the problem and no. open up and laugh at the same time. No. No. No, and that's that's why I so appreciate humor and people who make me laugh and mm. who I can laugh freely with. Yeah. And you know, some people say, well, you deflect with your laughter. And I, I'm going, I don't know if I deflect. I'm trying to lighten up the situation yes. that you're forcing us down this path. Yeah. <laughs> well, even Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Yeah. He, was, <laughs> he said it all the time. He said it to his own error thinking. And he said it when Peter was going, yeah, but but this, ah, get behind me, Satan. He probably laughed his uh, mind yeah. off when he did it. I know. And Peter probably went, what do you mean? I'm not Satan. And upon it was upon Peter that the, that the church was built. Yeah. Right. Yes. You know? So Peter, with his doubts and his denial and and that, didn't diminish his value. Yes, going through that right. made him a, a healthy healer. Yes, and, yeah. a, and a, a, a draw for Christianity. Yeah, because right. Because through that dark period, I'm not saying we have to all be crucified, but but it's those pain points that we need to wake up to. Ooh, that yes. really hurt. Yeah. Oh, what what was that that hurt so much that I would want to fall off my intention right. of being on anxious presence, you know? Um uh so you know, the journey is is a rich one and it's easier than we're making it. Yes, thank Amen. you. Amen. And I just that, you know, th- would it be okay with you if it was easier? Right. Okay, what would make it easier? Well, you, do you need some support? Would that be helpful? Is there a skill that maybe would be helpful for you to move forward? Um, you know, I I constantly say to my husband, why do I enjoy working with conflict so much? And he goes, ah, Reverend Carla, you like a good challenge. <laughs> and what I do like is I have an intention to spread the good news. You know, we got enough of spreading of the other. Kind. Yes, you got that so right. How, how then do we shift into the truth of who we are and take that authentic action? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, anything else before we wrap up for today? We'll definitely bring you back again. Oh, soon. yeah. We hope that uh, we can do that anyway. That I would love that. 
you know, there's nothing I like more than talking about spiritual principles. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. It's definitely the game changer, isn't it? It and recharges to make life easier. Yeah, you know, that's my yeah. game. <laughs> Yes. yes. So these shows are like power washing my brain for the week. That's what I feel like because yes. yeah, I see all the I things feel. I'm experiencing and I see, hear you guys and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. And we're in it together. We don't feel, a, you know, yes. I know yeah. separation is just in our mind, but I feel connected to you guys. Like Same here. Family. That's right. <laughs> You're one of the guardians of the galaxy, as I like to call us. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Well, hey, wait, wait don't hang up second. yet. We got a little story oh, yet found. You better scroll through this. Have you scrolled through it yet? No, but I'll just say these parts. <laughs> okay, because. All right, well, <laughs> when Carla McClellan was a teenager, she was feeling rebellious, skipped her father's unity service to attend another local church. After a rather long, uninspired sermon, the, Mr. the minister noticed Carla welcomed her the, to, to the church and asked her what she thought of the service. Never one to lie, Carla shrugged. Well,. Your words today were akin to the peace and love of God. The minister smiled. Well, thank you. Why do you say that? Carla replied. Because the peace of God passes all understanding and the love of God endures forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, should we sing out of the show? We're singing, us, we're singing out of the show, oh, ladies wait, where, What's the best place or oh, is there yeah. a good place for people to get in touch with you, Reverend Carla? Um, uh, on Facebook, Rev Coach Carla. Um, uh, on my um, messenger, on my website. Um, what's the website? RevCoachCarla.org. Rev Coach Carla or RevCoachCarla.org. Okay. RevCoachCarla.org. We can put that in the episode description as well. The good news is every every time I look into God's loving eyes, I see a love that money just can't buy. One look from you, I drift away. I pray. That you are here to stay. Anything you want, you got it. Anything you need, you got it. Anything at all, you got it. Baby. Oh, man, we should have practiced that one. <laughs> Visit DarylNed.com for yes. to find out easy links to everything Reverend we Coach, do. RevCoachCarla.org. Yes, and thanks for being a part of Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Anything you want, you got it. Anything you need, you got it. Anything at all, you got it. Baby! Thank you for listening to The Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed. Listen in as these unlikely saints share more real-life stories of how surrendering to divine order always leads to better-than-expected outcomes. This program has been made possible by God through automated monthly transfers from Daryl and Ed's credit cards.
When you record your podcast at Chobo Studios, you're helping people in need. Here at Chobo, we take a bold stance on helping the community by giving away 10% of all revenue, not just profit, to kind, hardworking people in the streets of Los Angeles. And thanks to all these wonderful podcasters, we've been able to give $1,400 this year alone through our kindness initiative, Chobo Kindness. Brought to you by Chobo Studios, LA's premier podcasting powerhouse. Follow for more.